Can you start, can you start that again? Yeah. This is a good what way to start. What the fuck is that? It's Triple J. <laughs> dreams i'll see you tomorrow and uh, did you catch the visuals in that one i just love the storytelling there's so many one-liners throughout it with references to childhood memories and koshi honestly i had to play it a couple of times to get the full experience i highly recommend doing the same you can really there's so many niche characters like lorraine who the hell is Lorraine? Listen to Bad Dreams. See you tomorrow. And Bad Dreams have announced an album. It's coming May 19th. It's called Hoo Ha. So write it in your diaries. That's a good, that's a good rinse. Good write on. in your diaries. Fuck yeah, you. I love that. Write in your diaries. Very topical. You're still, still exploring, learning Bad Dreams 27 years later. I have a diary. How long have we been around? Uh, 28. And 11, well, to be fair, 2010, I have emails with songs sent between you and I, Camo. I was 21, you were, what, 15? Four. What song are we going to discuss tonight, Grinch? 10 years. 10 years. Well, it's more than 10. Is that on moon, moon years? I just I heard that on the radio the other day. So once they because now they're putting this telescope on the dot on the other side of the moon that we never see. They're installing a telescope there, but now they're trying to work out how they run their clocks over there. Because the moon is a little is like fifty seven seconds longer oh, it yeah. takes for a day. Have you heard of that? Is the oh what phenomenon? I can't remember quite what it's called but once you see the earth it's it's a noted phenomenon for all well, for most people that have done space travel i have heard about this you see the earth from outer space or from space and then you get yeah, this yeah, overwhelming yeah. sense about how fragile and precious the earth is that's that's that changes your perspective on everything spaceman yeah. <laughs> from up from up above when it's just a tiny little raisin in the in the in the sky or what's in blueberry <laughs> i did also learn um that if you hollow out the sun so imagine the sun as a you know circumference sphere and if you hollow that all out and then imagine it as like a basketball net which you can throw in this is how i sort of imagining it a basketball net you can throw in Earth into the sun. Oh, yeah. Well, it would be many, 50, 50 million. Oh. A million. No, no, that's a bit tough. A million Earths. <laughs> a million a Earths. Yeah, a million Earths. You know, with space shit like that, you just got to go real. You just got to go stupendous. Nothing. No, it's pick a number. I mean, who knows how. True, but that did blow my mind. A million Earths thrown into like. Like Steph Curry shooting a million free throws, and the sun's not even sun. one of the biggest stars, as far as I know. No. Never been much of a spacey guy. No, I've never understood it. I... Grinch, what song are we discussing tonight? Um, was it New Breeze? Oh yeah, New Breeze. Let's do New Breeze. I think it's one of Alex's greatest lyrical achievements. Hmm. Are oh, you agree? 
I like the lyrics of it, yeah. Very hard one. It's one of those ones where you make a demo that's quite idiosyncratic and then you're chasing, chasing that demo. But I think we got there in the end. Good drumming yeah, what was, by what, Buns Wilson. What was the original? Um, it was a TV personality. Line. No, I'm saying the synth line because we tried to re- regret that in the studio and then mm. on the record, is it the one that Ben... Oh, garage that, no. sound? Yeah, I, I'd made the little demo and then I um, sent it with a, it had a Farfisa, one of the, uh, a plug-in Farfisa. And um, I sent it across to Ben and he added, he added this crazy garage band flute. Um, yeah, but, it's so good. And there was this part that was just like, it really reminded me of, um, insert sound here. Lost Cities of Gold um, theme. There was a show from the 80s or 90s, a kid's TV show called Lost Cities of Gold. I think it was actually looking back um, anime. You're showing, you're showing your age. I thought you were born uh, Well, you can watch stuff from the 80s that when you <laughs> weren't born in the 80s. But anyway, um, it, I think it was actually anime, but it was about um, sort of um, these young kids searching for the lost cities of gold, mysterious cities of gold. When that little flute motif uh, reminded me of it, I'm just queuing it up here. That sounds like, what was the song? What was the name again? Hang on. It sounds like a 1996 song from Sting Solo. Yeah, well, that's Phil Jackson. Track. Well, I'm just saying, I can already picture sound through Sting's ears. They dream of following the path of the setting sun that leads to El Dorado and the mysterious cities of gold. I know this. I don't know this. It's like Michael Jackson. Sounds like Michael Jackson in a in a realm where he didn't fiddle kids. Um, it also reminded me of um, Harry Rafferty. For a while, there was a bit of a hip hop trend um, using that sort of flute um, thing, which I really liked. Um, Is it? Was it? Yeah. Um, fuck, what was the song? Oh, yeah. Big, big in the like intro into jazz drum beat, drum beat hip hop tracks. Well, there was that the early crazy. iteration, like the big pimping. Um, the big pimpin'. Uh, <laughs> the, the big Jay's pimpin'. To me, it sounds like um, the new soundtrack for Zelda 2024 on Nintendo Switch. Does it? 
What? Well, it's got that Ocarina of Time vibe to it. Yeah. Classic Nintendo 64 soundtrack. It's like Pitbull meets Zelda meets Big Pippin. Big Pippin. <laughs> Big Pippin. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Big Pippin, like a bigger version of Scotty Pippin. Big Pippin. That'd be Big Pippin's sons in the um, NBA, but he's kind of pretty average. He's Sultan, is he? Yeah, he's playing for the. Um, playing yeah, for this the is the game, this is the one I was looking for. It's um, ASAP Rocky feet, Skepta, praise the Lord, Dashine. Get it? Text a message. I don't know the number. Flexing on these niggas, every bone and muscle. Steady taking shots, never hurting them. Even then, y'all don't worry nothing. And I like. Yeah, so that was the genesis. Well, was, yeah, it has that LCD. Yeah, no, it has that also that LCD sound system bent away from the flort sound. Yeah, what's the piano song? The LCD sound system song? Oh, yeah, it's always got that vibe from this track. I don't know what it is. Like, it was, I think, when we did it in the studio, I just couldn't get out of my head. I was like, this is the closest Bad Dreams has been to LCD sound system. And no, it's nowhere near there, but it's just like, you just had that. That's, feels that's, to that's as close as it's got. Yeah. Right, man. Camo, so run me through it when you're writing it. I just want to show you, that just while we're still mining the sonic references. Um, <laughs> I kept thinking of Jerry Rafferty. Loved, loved, oh, loved, loved that, that's, is that is that by Jerry Rafferty? Hell yeah! But that is a huge track. Don't fuck with Jerry. What did Jerry Rafferty look like at the time that he was? I, mean, I don't know, but I imagine he looks something like. Um, Tony, surely it's balding at the, the front. Like Richard, the back. I imagine that he looked like Richard Clapton. <laughs> Dick, Dick Clapton. Big Dick Clapton. Dick, Dick Clapton. Don't make it weird. Did you didn't you say Big Dick Clapton? Oh yeah. That's you it. may want to delete this this part from the podcast later. Why? Oh yeah. Wait, what is this? TV personalities. Back to Vietnam. Yeah, you're fine. Oh no, it's just yeah. This is where I. This is why when I was. Oh yeah, this is just it's just the doors. Got a really the song's really good up to round and the vocal's really annoying. Um. Yeah. So that was yeah. There's the there's the ingredients. Also, melting pot. Also, there's the also there's the, the fun um, studio mishap where I tried to play the piano <laughs> part, 
and then Luscombe had to draw all the notes on for me and then the notes were confusing me. So he just oh, like yeah, he started having and then just he started melting then, down and then Luscombe just had, did yeah, Luscombe then, then, but then Luscombe played it too well. And that's the one thing I'd say I don't really like about the song <laughs> is that the, the synth is a bit well, too well played. Mm. I mean, it's a and problem that we've that's prob- piano probably slide. encountered quite a lot when oh. we're recording is that sometimes the, the appeal of an idea lies in the rough edges of it and then you get in the studio and either you play it enough times or someone makes you play it in a, in a way that is a bit more conventional and it loses, loses the, the vibe. My brother feels that way about waterfalls. But did, was what that, in what way? But we know, did we have a, a version of that recorded before? Yeah, we had a Lewis version. I don't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. What does he say about it? He's just not kidding. Well, when we do the waterfalls episode, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I I love the slides. I love the piano slides. I think they're joyous. I hate them. It's like it plays into the carnival atmosphere of the song. Uh, I just think on the whole record, the only negatives are the, the gang vocals and the piano slides. No, nah, it's entry and exit into things. It's good. Yeah, make me want to make me want to make me want to throw my AirPods out. Yeah, it was very staccato the way that Camo Camo's demo was. It was like it's too jagged. It's it loosened up a bit with Bluskin. Am I wrong? I'm just saying he was trying. He just kept trying to get onto the record. The guy just kept trying to get onto the record. What do you mean? He came in that one morning. He'd done all those backing vocal parts. Put some guitar lines in there. Um, lyrically, Camo, where yeah. were you at? Where were you, what were you thinking of? This is probably the oldest, aside from Southern Heat, which was left over from the last record. I think this is the oldest song um, because, mm. uh, yeah, you and I had that bunch of songs that we um, had right. done that, were quite, that had quite a lot of keyboards and drum machines in them and this was one of them born out of the isolation of uh COVID and and this was very 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 early COVID and um yeah so I think the the lyrics were from from that time and I guess the essence of the song is that no matter how much things change whether you you know whether there's a pandemic or 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 whatever that uh, you know, there's still the same old bullshit to put up with, and you're still going through the same futile cycles. Um, who do you think you are? Another Roman on holiday? Yeah, the Roman on a Roman holiday is when the um, there used to be a public holiday in Rome for the for gladiatorial events. And so a Roman holiday is basically, as far as I understand it, you you take taking pleasure or taking um, gaining something from the, the suffering of others. Um, well, Australia Day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then... Come to think of it, what public holidays exist that aren't that? Um, uh, Labor Day. <laughs> New Year's 
New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day is an honest. That's an honest, honest holiday. That's an honest pH. It's like the first day of the year. Take a day off. The Queen's birthday. Do we even ha- what happens to the Queen's birthday now? That's King. Have we changed to the King's but birthday? It is. Yeah, it's been changed. But um, fucking kidding me. Adelaide yeah, Cup. Yeah. The Adelaide Cup. Horses. Say I a holiday, and I'll tell you. Public holidays are the worst things that ever happened to mankind. In the hospital, womankind. No, in everything, it's just fucking ludicrous. Why? Just hold everything on a weekend. I agree. Just make weekends an extra Stop day. Stop fucking with the year. It's so annoying. This time of the year is so fucking annoying. Days. And everyone has their little holidays, they go down, they do their fun things, they take a day off work. Camo sprawled in the tropics like a dying whale. <laughs> we- a weak link in the great chain of being, anaesthetized by the stinky, by the stinky mundane. A way to get, to your, kicks. get your kicks. Yeah, you I mean, I, I guess that is would have been a reflection on my own state at the time. Probably like locked down, eating shit food, lying around. I've used that line before, anaesthetized by the mundane, and I feel that that's a so symptomatic of uh, our world, you know, you plug in, switch off, forget whether it's, you know, TV, drunk food, drugs, they're all kind of boring things, but we use them to, to numb the pain of everyday existence. Do you say stinky, mundane? Stinking. Yeah. Stinking. See, I yeah. like the, that makes it even better. I think that's even it makes it sound cooler. I mean, in infinite jest. Did I mention this? I, yeah, oh, no, but, yeah, Robert Foster um, yeah, Foster Wallace, like David Foster. In the future, where people essentially come home and plug into these infotainment cartridges and just sit there and vegetate, um, which is pretty precinct. Sounds great. Yeah, it's like you sit down, got everything in the world streaming. You spend an hour deciding what to watch. Um, and then watch something for 15 minutes. And, um, yeah, pissing in the breeze. Pissing in the breeze, that's... Yeah, it's from... uh, Yeah, it is. Pissing in the breeze. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's an Australian um, idiom. I'm pretty sure it's probably... I don't think so. English anyway. Um, but it's a good. Well, everyone's experienced pissing in in like a pissing in a tunnel of a tunnel of air. Yeah, yeah, Gallipoli to Galilee. What's the rest of the Gallipoli to Galilee? March of victory. victory. Untamed, unchained by the backwaters. Ecstasy, ecstasy. ecstasy. What do you think about cats in a bloody room? The way that you tell me what I think of you. Yeah, the way. Bring out the little dancing mice. Bring out the, the fires way the of can sing that. paradise. The way the Ben sings that is so funny. It makes me nearly fall over with laughter every time I hear it. Bring out the fires of paradise. 
Bring out the little dancing mice. Bring out the miles of paradise. I think I'm just jealous because I can't roll, I can't roll my tongue. And you use that technique. You say you roll your tongue when you say bring out the little dancing. Bring mice. out. That's a real, it's a real Leiden thing, isn't it? The rolling yeah, of the huge Leiden. Just yeah. stole the fuck out of that. Yeah, but it's it's beautiful. It harks back to, you know, proper uh theater where people yeah. would have to, you know, it's make their change their voices, change real their voices Shakespearean to make them more lived. alluring. Yeah, beautiful. I love that shit. Fun. I like that song because it's so fun to sing. And I don't usually have fun singing because usually it's so hard. So it's like, it's really in a good register for me. And the lyrics are so unkempt that it's it's a hoot. Well, who's going to play the synth? Oh, whatever. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Peter Dutton. Yeah, but as in, it, it comes down to you or me playing the synth. That time. Well, I think that's your well, probably me. Yeah, sure. Well, I have to play that. I'll have to play that flute line. We're entering. See, this is why it's so LCD sound system. We're entering into new territory. Got to play different instruments. Mm. Unless you're going to get a Game Boy on stage and plug that little three pin adapter into the little sound port and play Zelda's Ocarina of Time. I don't know. Oh, what a day, what a day to behave. Anything else anyone wants to say about the song? That's got, actually, one thing I will say, that's where Hoo-Ha came from. Oh, yes. Hee-Haw. Ah. Um, I remember. Yeah, I remember we, were in the, we were back at the house when we were Yeah, we called it. We were we staying at the house with me and you and, and Wells <laughs> and playing a lot of FIFA, eating the Uber Eats and... Um, ice cream. I said, It's a shame we can't call the album Hee Haw. And you like, Go, what about Hoo Ha? And um, it seemed like it was straight away a great title. Unfortunately, what we didn't realize is that word has a second meaning, which seems to be more commonly known than I uh, understood at the time. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't think, I've never heard of Hoo Ha, but I was like talking to, people at work the other day and they're like, why well, have you called your album Vagina? <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's ridiculous. No, that's absolutely. Well, the funny, yeah, but the funny thing is that it's it's got in South Australia, you've got a huge connotation towards. Yeah, I think we made. Horrific was, man, Albert Ben Simons. I think maybe we so were skewed by Albert Ben Simons. No, nah, that's probably, fuck. That's fucked. I think the vagina is an Americanization of it, which yeah, can get fucked because I hate the American. I still am a. I mean, are you guys the C O L O U R? What? Yes. Yeah, I reject Americanization of our of our spelling and language. Oh, I can't spell any words, so I didn't even know what you spelt then. It feels easy pay. You can wear diamonds for less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. With Shields Easy Pay, you get instant jewelry and ten months to pay. These diamond rings start. Oh well. But you won't need it. Play for these diamond studs. It's a real Robert Palmer backing track. Yeah. 
Sim- oh, well, he says simply is ir- irresistible. Oh. Do you reckon they paid royalties to Palmer for that? They rip it off. They rip well, it off. I don't know. Well, I've, I've, looked, I've, I've looked after Albert Farmans multiple times. Not a good guy? A horrible man. Really, yeah, really bad. Would So we'd only... So I worked in a very small restaurant. I won't mention any names, but a small restaurant where you'd only have maybe one to two to three section waiters. So there's three sort of very small sections in this restaurant. And he would, when he would come in for lunch with usually a young secretary would ask for me not to be served by him because I was a man. So we'd, we'd ask for the female server and we would change sections. He wanted that who served by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that who I just found this article from the Adelaide Mail. Oh, this is satirical, isn't it? Albert Ben Simon did actually enjoy a little bit of hoo ha. Despite his self anointed reputation as a serious, no nonsense jewellery magnate, the Adelaide Mail can finally reveal that Albert Ben Simon did, in fact, enjoy a little bit of hoo ha. Speaking exclusively with South Australian 1990s retail jewellery historian and unemployed submarine welder Brian Trottle. It appears that Mr. Ben Simon <laughs> to separate his public and private personas. It started purely as a marketing campaign. He gradually became more and more serious in an effort to avoid even the slightest hoo-ha related incident. I know for a fact that in his private life, it was a real hoo-ha bonanza, Trottle said, from his jail cell. I heard reports of him screaming at the football on TV, reciting filthy limericks to his wife and drinking bottle after bottle of Yellowtail on weekends. Yeah, it got a little bit less funny there. Ooh, that ties into last week's last week's discussion. It's a real bonanza is hilarious. <laughs> I just wrote yeah, that down. Well, I just wrote that down on a piece of paper. It's so funny. He's also got a I love this hate. I love this Adelaide hate from you. This is going straight into the podcast. They're, be ready nah, for it. You can test. do the yeah. is Ben Simon, is Albert still alive? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, he was alive as of gosh. Maybe he has died, but yeah, two and a half years ago. No, you still exist. Pardon? The shields still exist. Pretty sure. Don't know. I'm not really shopping for jewelry yeah. very often, to be you honest. But I reckon it exists in like really weird places, like North, North, North. What's the one in Gold Coast? North Gold Coast. No, 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 no. The one, the one near near Jeps Cross. It, it exists in those little weird spots. But probably like Hollywood Plaza, there'd be a shields. Yeah, it's a chop shop. North Tree. The guy's gone from rags to riches, and then he took all the riches with him and left all the soulless employees with the rags. The hoo-ha. For a guy that preached no hoo-ha, he left a lot of hoo-ha behind him in his wake. He was also a uh, yeah. family. He wasn't he part of the family. Don't put that in, but surely. Oh, he's got a very, he's got a big family vibe about him. Well, family vibe, like the that the family vibe. It's it's the Adelaide kind of Adelaide figures that actually aren't really anything, really anything, but they've got some sort of status, in, or they had some sort of status in the Adelaide world. And you know, you got your antique clock dealer, you got your oh my supposed surgeon, you've got your. You've got your your doctors, you've got your lawyers, magistrates, and your diamond dealer. Jewelry, yeah, the diamond dealer. I keep having this dream. 
where I wake up in my bed and all I can hear is this yapping. I go in the hall and I see this guy sitting in a chair. He's got a cap on and his head's down. I parked outside the clock shop the other day, old Pinger. Have you gone in there yet? I was too scared. I was too scared. Can we go in there together? It was open. Tell tell Wellesie about the... We're going to do a full episode on the family. But yeah, we'll do that. We should do it with Debbie. We'll get Debbie Marshall on and go deep. Okay. Oh, Debbie Marshall. Love you know Debbie Marshall? Do you know what number <laughs> music podcast we are in Australia? I looked it up. 1,000? 176. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, That's I mean, great numbers. That's epic. How many are there? 176? <laughs> I don't know, but... I mean, that's higher than I am ranked for sprinting in Australia or swimming. How do you know that number? I just went on to Apple Podcasts. I went on to what's the best down. podcast I saw in that Australia big yellow sign. website. That's almost top 100. Can you please leave in the fact that you said it got good numbers? Put that in there, please. So it's he goes on to www.com. What's the best rock Australian podcast in the last three months? Dot com slash bad rams. Well, see, how old is that fan behind you? Oh, yeah, it got it from iPhone, and I have his dog. All right, let's let's camo. You want to say something about to wrap this up about the song? Just ask me a few serious questions, and I'll give you some serious answers. I want to know how important is this song to you lyrically in the out of all the songs you've written? Because for me, it's it's one of your best. Hmm. If not the best. And that's not to we're not fucking blowing smoke and trumpets. We're blowing smoke and trumpets. We're blowing smoke and trumpets. We're blowing smoke. We're blowing smoke. We're blowing smoke and trumpets. I think that um, sometimes you can write a song and want to communicate a certain feeling or message from the outset. And I'd say an example of that song would be being Jack or Northern, where you have a, a concept or a story that you want to tell. And then other songs uh, begin as a more abstract thing. And in this instance I guess stream of consciousness and then playing around with language and they take more meaning as they form and it's interesting that like yeah I guess I probably find it more satisfying when you start out with a goal of communicating something and and you able to achieve it but they often it that often they often never come to fruition um and then yeah so it's I guess songs like this, when you know, sometimes when you know how you've pieced it together and what, you know, and what you've stolen or borrowed from elsewhere, it's perhaps less satisfying, uh, maybe. But then, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all about what other people, what other people get from it. It's, it's like, I feel like sometimes when you go, when you write a song, it's, 
do you go down the literal path or the abstract path? And it's it's the hardest the hardest path to find is the one in between. In many ways, you could argue that the abstract lyrics are more sincere and authentic because they're coming out unfiltered from wherever those ideas come from. Yeah, you're thinking about it less. Whereas, you know, when you're doing something like Jack, you you know, there's an overarching concept. And um, yeah, an, an idea that you're putting forward. But when, you, when you're writing, and often those lyrics like that come from just you know, singing along to a musical idea and who knows where those, that's what, why it's really fascinating, you know, who knows where those words spring up from. I mean, yeah, everyone always talks about Kurt Cobain and lyric writing and he, there's a phrase for it, I can't remember what it is, but where you kind of um, sing kind of abs nonsense words along to a melody. And yeah, all the Nirvana lyrics, you can tell they're very much just like something that he's, streamed out over as he's been singing the melody or whatever but they've kind of yeah they're pretty amazing lyrics so yeah and to answer the original question i don't know i don't think there's much don't often feel there's a lot of point in trying to judge yeah. the worth of something once it's done it's easier just to go on and and do something else yeah, but it's interesting because we don't necessarily have these conversations between you and I because I have to sing a lot of the words that you write and, yeah, it's kind of just this, like, unspoken thing where mm. I don't... I yeah, don't it's I think it's... A, I just know. That's an interesting topic, the idea of understanding that it'd be nice to know what you think about the words that have come out of your mouth, Ben. Well, that's kind of, it's sometimes, that's why it's sometimes good. There's a certain level of discussion that we might have so that I can help Ben um, get into the space of where I was coming from, but also it's kind of good to leave it yeah. a bit unsaid because then it, but then it, that's the great thing about musical collaboration. Um, you know, if you want to, people can sit, you could, I could sit around and write um, songs by myself, but then the whole, the, the great part of collaborating is when you get, even if someone's playing something that you sort of showed to them or singing a words that you've written, they always will bring their own flavor to it. And that's what takes it from, um, that's what takes things to the, that special place. And there's like always parts in every song um, where, yeah, there'll be, um, lyrics that you've like the in that song the what a day to behave that was you know an imp improv thing that you that you added in there that always completes the completes the song and the hee-haw hee i always think about this like rock music or punk music or whatever anybody wants to call it can be so similar but what what separates certain things from other things yeah I mean, what separates um, Foo Fighters from Nirvana? And yeah, it's a very good question. Like there's not that many things you can do differently on the guitar and drums and bass after a certain point. Yeah. And it's so many subtleties that make, you know, Husker do different from Hanson. But yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of, that, that stuff is really interesting. And that's why, um, 
that's why you have to be really careful about like what we were talking about before about ironing out um ironing out creases and that's why recording becomes is a is a is a really difficult art because you know if you just went in there and played everything perfectly with some you know perfect tone and perfect timing then you're not gonna that's not necessarily the essence of your band and songs um and so but but on the other hand you know certain things have to be in time enough or a certain fidelity to be able to be communicated on record as compared to like what goes on in a live setting and so you, which is almost impossible because nobody ever hears a record the same way they hear a live gig yeah i mean that's the thing of recording has always been at least for guitar music it's always a it's a trick um it's tricking the listener into thinking that they're essentially that they're hearing something live um and but you can't recreate the way that you can't recreate those elements that make something exciting live because it involves not only sound but um you know vision and the atmosphere of people together in a room the energy and even the way that you yeah when you hear something live especially in small rooms it's the acoustic noise um coming through all of that physical environment and reaching your ear, ear. whereas in a studio the sound's going from like an amp or a some sort of electrical signal straight to convert it into an analog or digital thing so you, then you therefore you're always starting from a period of from a from a place of that's that's different from what you're hearing with a live band but yeah that's why it's all about the the feeling rather than any real technical exercise like when you hear jump like that the, when you hear like street fighter man or jumping jack flash that would have sound not, the rolling stones would have sound nothing like that because in those songs i think it's some those two of like those two are some of them is that keith richards recorded his guitar like it was an acoustic guitar recorded into some like shit mic through a blown out speaker and that's what the lead but obviously that's not wasn't now that's what not the type of guitar setup he was playing live but immediately the energy's there and you can imagine watching it live and you can it feels like this the feeling of rock and live rock and roll and then um yeah and then compare that to like joy division again that's really it's it's the sound is soulless and cold and there's all this digital reverb and delay but you can also straight away you can imagine standing in a dingy manchester venue and feeling the power of those songs and the gravity so yeah that's the magic that's what's so interesting about it isn't it like what you know what, what in those sound waves as they hit your ear produces that effect That's why people like different music. Like some, I guess it's dependent on your past experience. Some people hear jazz and they and they get that buzz. Um, some people hear punk music, and I guess it all depends on your past listening and 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 your past experiences with music. 
I mean, talking about the way your brain processes sound. Talking about Ed Sheeran before, and I've got nothing against Ed Sheeran, and I know that he's an avid listener of the podcast. Is yeah, friend of the show, friend of the show, Ed Sheeran. But like, I watched people. I I watch people that go to his concerts, and they put their they put things up on Instagram or whatever. It's like it seems so lifeless that you're you're standing like. In a, you're sitting like in a fucking tier, in tier X, like whatever it is, so far away, you can have a normal conversation and it's just this guy playing a miniature acoustic guitar on stage. Mm. What a disgusting experience for live music. That is not what it is. No. And I often have this argument with the nurses at work because they like, they know that I hate Ed Sheeran so much and so they'll put it on a spec, like, when I'm operating and I can't, I can't do anything because I'm, I can't touch the Spotify. And they're like, why do you hate Ed Sheeran so much? I'm like, well, I don't hate him. It's just, but it's, I said, I try to use an analogy, something like, look, if you, um, do you drink much wine? And they're like, no. And I said, okay, well, um, if you, if I gave you some wine and, or gave you five wines and you decided which one you'd like, and then you gave the, you know, a um, sommelier the same wines, he would be tasting those wines in a different way. And probably the one that you would like would be the one that's just most, um, you know, probably has simpler flavors oh. or is too challenging. Yeah. Whereas the sommelier will probably like one that's quite, you know, might be challenging or, and that's, it's the same with music. Like if you've spent, hundreds of thousands of hours listening to music like we have, then you, something like Ed Sheeran, which is, is, is very simple, but palatable music is just not interesting and, and not interesting to the fact that it's actually kind of distressing because it, we get no, I think that's the thing with that type of pop music. I mean, I find it distressing because I listen to music to get an emotional response and that stuff is so stock and uninteresting that it leaves me cold and so that i find that a negative experience whereas if you're not listening to music that often that hits you it's like oh it's a nice melody and it's like cool it's like nice love songs and that makes them so yeah that's the i, I, I don't know if that makes any sense i don't want to be i try not to be dis, like it's not meant to be sort of disdainful to people who aren't into music but I guess that's the way to, that's the sort of the way that I think about it. There, there are times I've heard Ed Sheeran, I'm like, in this environment, I like this. No, I've never had that response. Because it's around other people that like it. No. So that's, that's good. See, I can't, yeah, I, like, I find music like that is, is sort of, yeah, like I said, it's distressing because it's um, it's like sometimes you see a band and they're like, they, it's kind of always distressing if you see a band that's extremely good at their instrument, sounds amazing, is tired and whatever, but just leaves you cold. It's like, fuck, have I, have I, have I had a stroke and lost my love of music? <laughs> Maybe you have.
No, but then, yeah, then, then you know, the next yeah. night you see a, a really good band that could be playing their second gig and they're like, they're fucking, you know, they've got five strings on their guitar and can't play in tune, but because they've got ideas and 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 um, good ideas and good sincerity, then it, then then you get the you get the buzz. But I mean, fuck, who, I mean, Wellesley? What? Ed Sheeran, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's horrific. He's junk food. <laughs> junk food for music. I think food's, I mean, that's, yeah, I think food's quite a good analogy for it because, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a gourmand by any stretch of the imagination. And um, when I was looking at, Bill sent me the new menu last night um, of the scenic and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get that cheeseburger. And he's like, how dare you? How very dare you? have got this new chef. He's amazing. And you, off that menu, you choose a cheeseburger. And that's a bit like, yeah, you're getting presented with a, a, a Spotify, a list of all the new music in the world and choosing choosing Ed Sheeran song. There's only three songs of his entire show that have a band behind him, which they tour yeah. around with. It's crazy, cool isn't it? So, yeah. and he's got fireworks, everything. So, like, it's, apparently he's doing this tour till 2025. I've been thinking about this about Harry Styles too. They're the same, they're cut from the same cloth. These guys that just... Yeah. They fuck around. This, they the fuck Australia around with popular runs, tropes, and they they, they take Australia run costs sixty million dollars. To be fair to um, Ed Sheeran, he is just like the difference between him and Harry Styles. Ed Sheeran was just a guy with an acoustic guitar who was able to do music that people really really liked, and he kind of came up from a DIY almost position. Whereas Harry Styles is a guy who's incredibly good looking, got picked out in a talent contest and then has God yeah. knows how many people constructing these terrible pastiches of music that's sort of ostensibly a bit cool than Ed Sheeran's, but really, I mean, yeah, if you're going to give me a choice between those two, at least Ed Sheeran's kind of is done it himself and is a songwriter. Harry Styles. Don't give me a choice between those two. Harry, <laughs> but then, the, but then the, the most annoying thing is Harry Styles has some sort of, you know, critical almost like some sort of critical acclaim in this. Yeah, topic. because he was famous and like strangely cool enough because of his like weird acting career he's, that he's got he's cool songwriters writing for him. And it's like, oh, you, that hot, you can so get away with a lot of thing going for you, mate. All right. When you, when you, you can get away with a lot when you're that hot. Like Jared Leto, whatever, he's fucking a uh, terrible band. What? Something went wrong. Please <laughs> You talk um, to you. All, Is that what you do, Kevin? All my, all my devices are dying right now. In what way? Like battery power or just in general? Yeah, my AirPods. What about no, you? I just downloaded, I just downloaded the new, uh, uh, I think I'm gone now. I, I really enjoy these chats is what I'll say. And um, I think that we should do more of them. Do we have a quote to end with? Wait one sec. I'm going to call you back. What do you mean? You can't. <laughs>